1: The Houston Rockets season from hell is finally over. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Quick reminder that the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, so don't miss the big storylines and team previews that you can find every single day on the Locked on NBA podcast. Follow the Locked on NBA podcast on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, I'm not ready for like a full-blown like reflection pod yet because this is sort of technically the last recap pod with the Rockets' Loss to the Atlanta Hawks, 124-95. Um, I've got some general, you know, very brief thoughts on that game. Uh, then we'll hear from head coach Steven Silas. I'm going to run back, you know, instead of just running back a clip or two, I'm going to run back his entire uh, post-game presser because it was essentially kind of, you know, his exit interview in a way for this season. So I'm going to run that whole entire sound, sound bite back in segment two. And we'll kind of discuss some of his, you know, some of the points that he made in segment three as well as I'll, I'll dive into a couple things about draft picks and, you know, a little bit of optimism moving forward. But I'm just, I'm happy the season's over. Like, I'm just, I'm going to put that out out there into the ether because it's been a season from hell You can tell that these guys, you know, in this game against the Hawks, I mean, so they lose one twenty four ninety five. It's not even really a contest. I mean, you know, I'm glad that they picked up the win uh, in Worrell's last game against the Clippers, which, quick reminder, if you haven't checked that out, there's a kind of a tribute podcast that is up right before this one that I put out on Saturday. You can capture all of the... All the great moments and memories from Bill Worrell's final game. So if you haven't checked that one out, go ahead and go do that. If you want to, if you want to get a little nostalgic. Now, you know, I'm glad that they won that game and that they did win one more game before the end of the season because I was mapping it out and the Rockets went on a six-game winning streak uh, that lasted about nine days from February 22nd, or I apologize, January 22nd to February 1st. And... They won six games in that nine-day span back when you know hopes were high and we thought John Wall was going to lead the Rockets to the playoffs and Victor Oladipo was going to be here to stay and, and all that fun stuff, right? It took the Rockets the rest of the NBA regular season, three months and 12 days, to win another six games, to match the six games from that winning streak. So it's just, it's been a tough, tough season. And this team ended... With kind of a whimper, um, not really, you know, any standout performances, uh, you know, kind of across the board. Probably the Rockets' best player in this game against the Hawks, uh, Armani Brooks, who had 18 points off the bench, shot six of 18 from the three-point line, uh, just 33%. So a bit below his usual metrics, but he was not being shy about letting the ball fly, and he had the final bucket scored in this hellish Houston Rockets season. Uh, so, I mean, you know, kind of looking down the lineup of guys, trying to think about the game and, you know, the, the small-ish takeaways that I have from this one. Uh, K.J. Martin, you know, kind of struggling with this three-point shot over these last few games, um, you know, after being such a hot, sh- after having such a hot shooting start, or not start, but, you know, picking up the shooting numbers and, you know, was really becoming incredibly consistent from behind the three-point line, look, we knew that the 60% or 50% three-point shooting uh, wasn't going to be permanent. It wasn't here to stay. Uh, But it's kind of like cratering a little bit. Uh, And then offensively, just a a really rough overall game for him, just four of 15 shooting. But that's what you kind of expect. Again, with these young guys, they're going to have stretches where they start playing, you know, really, really well, or they're going to have a game or two where they play out of their mind. And then they're going to kind of regress back a little bit. And what separates you know, what kind of establishes a player in the NBA, right? What kind of points to, okay, this player is is starting to figure it out, kind of, they're starting to put it together, is that consistency factor, right? How consistent can these guys, how consistent can Christian Wood be? How consistent can Kevin Porter Jr. be? How consistent can Jay Sean Tate be, right? Because they they might be capable of putting together a game or two uh, where they have a really strong night, you know, put together a bunch of stats, you score at a high level, whatever, but it's about being able to do that over the course of an 82-game season consistently, without having too many drop-offs, or I guess in this case a 72-game season. But uh, hopefully, we'll be back at 82 next year. So it's all about learning, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses lie when you're a young player like that, and learning how to still be able to impact the game, even despite you know struggling to put the ball in the basket, or you know, if you're dealing with turnovers, or whatever. Um, to, to not get down on yourself. And that was something that we talked a lot about with Kevin Porter Jr. and how quickly he would get down on himself in these games, and he just can't have that mentality. So on the Hawks' side of things, Trey Young, John Collins didn't even play the second half. They played 16 total minutes. The Hawks were uh, leading by a healthy margin. At the half after a 36-21 second quarter, um, a substantial 18-point lead at halftime. So Collins and Young don't even play the second half of this game. It was just kind of a, you know, again, a total blowout for the Rockets. And this is a team that's been battling injuries, been, you know, dealing with a lot. I mean, every guy out there is, you know, KJ Martin at one point in this game was, you know, kind of trying to walk off you know, what looked like he was kind of limping a little bit, um, you know, tried to walk that off and you could just clear, clearly tell that he's, you know, playing through some discomfort, uh, Cam Reynolds, who the Rockets just recently signed, becomes the 30th player to suit up in a Houston Rockets jersey this season. So that record that they did set of 29 unique players suiting up this season gets bumped to 30. I truly hope that another team never has to deal with the plethora of injuries and missed time and absences that this team had to deal with this season because it's just been an unprecedented occurrence um, and you think from from where this season started from the barbershop incident that sidelined Eric Gordon, Mason Jones, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall and you know James Harden playing the first 9 games of the season as a rocket i mean then Harden gets traded like there's just this season has felt like it's had enough drama for like two or three NBA seasons with everything this team has dealt with and thankfully I've got some silver linings a little bit of hope uh, to you know maybe get us get us started with this offseason slog as we Uh, prepare for the inevitable draft lottery June 22nd just one day after my birthday one day after hashtag Gemini boys season so we've got to collectively harness the Gemini energy it's starting in four days May 21st we've got to collectively harness all that Gemini energy and, and try to walk away with some kind of Good juju for the draft lottery, but I've got some points on that that I want to talk about later in the third segment. Coming up, we're going to hear from Steven Silas and his thoughts, uh, him kind of reflecting on this season a little bit. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Indeed. So you're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed Skills Tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go now to Stephen Silas, who spent uh, about 12 minutes post-game, a little bit longer than his usual post-game interviews, uh, answering questions and kind of uh, reflecting on this season as a whole. So let's hear what he had to say, and then we'll kind of talk about it in the third segment. First
0: question. Sorry.
1: Coach, do you have a, a timetable for when you'll sit down with the players
0: and discuss the season that just completed and, and then the offseason for plan, as things work on for them? Yeah, well, I'm going to speak to them all tomorrow uh, just for a quick hit and um, just to kind of coordinate this summer schedule-wise and um, make sure that we're kind of moving in the, in the right direction. But... I'm going to give everybody a couple weeks just to kind of wind down, decompress, reflect. I'm going to do the same. And then we'll uh, we'll get together with each individual guy and and really kind of go over what our plan moving forward is going to be. Is it going to be a summer league for the team to the new guys to work on their game? Yeah, as far as I know. Yep. Thanks very much. Yep. Kelly Eco. Hey coach, just thinking about the year you just had. Your first year on the job. Um, are the next couple of weeks going to be important for you, especially to kind of reflect on the year and 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 how to push forward? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll be they'll be important. It'll be important to decompress a little bit and and reflect as you're as you're saying. But it's not. I'm not gonna rush to do do it. You know, there is some time and there is a lot of thought that needs to go into it. And I think Jonathan earlier kind of asked, <clears throat> excuse me, how much is it the uh, uncontrollables this season and how much is it the controllables? And kind of figuring that out is going to be a little bit of a chore to figure out, you um, You know, what is it that we can change based on what we we did uh, this season because we had so many different lineups and we had so much other stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. Jonathan Fagan. Yeah, Stephen, I was going to follow up on that same theme. For you personally, is it... Uh, I don't know, frustration or disappointment that you spent 20 years preparing and then so much of what you had to deal with no one could prepare for? Or is there some encouragement almost that, yeah, the future you will get to do what you have learned over the the 20 years to do? Yeah, I'm definitely encouraged. Uh, It was a rough, it was a tough year for sure. But going into next year, I'll be a better coach than I was when I first came into the, the door <laughs> and uh, will have dealt with a lot of different things that I hadn't dealt with before. And honestly, like there were times in the 20 years where I didn't think I was going to be a head coach. So for me to kind of be down and be um, discouraged about where I am and where I could be and all of those things uh, isn't even in the realm of possibility for me. For me, it is being encouraged, being proud to be the head coach of the Houston Rockets, being super proud of the group that we have and, and the fight that they've shown and the improvement that pretty much every guy to a, to a man has made and, and that's one of the encouraging things to me that pretty much every single guy who played for us this season got better and, and um, played well individually now it'll be the point the time where we get that all together with practice and planning and all of those things so uh, yeah i'm i'm very encouraged about the future and um, the, the 20 years definitely prepared me for being a head coach. Obviously, there are some challenges this year that were out of my control. But the, uh, this is my dream job, right? So <laughs> I'm not going to be discouraged ever about it. Thank you. Adam Spolin.
1: What do you think you'll remember most about this team?
0: <laughs> wow, yeah that's a, that's a great question there's there's so much to remember about this season I don't I have no idea <laughs> like there's the the obviously the thing that sticks out the most in my mind is how we finished this season uh, with guys out and guys playing so hard and guys uh, playing injured and and fighting through and and it's not just the guys the eight guys who played tonight it's Christian Wood playing through injury and Kevin Porter Jr playing through injury and you know a bunch of guys who played through injury this year or you know just couldn't play just think about Dave Nawaba that game where he played and, and he couldn't he, he couldn't even shoot because <laughs> of his wrist. He was a decoy the whole game and tried and, and then just had to go get surgery or whatever. But those are the moments. And and uh, I talked to the team today about the Hall of Fame enshrinement yesterday and how every single guy who was uh, on that stage or every person who was on that stage was talking about the people That helped them, and it was so much about the people and not the moments and not the wins or the losses or the stuff. It really is just the 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 people that make all of this so worth it. And um, that's probably what I'll take from this season: is the personalities, all of the people, the thirty guys that we had on our roster this season, the forty-four starting lineups or whatever it is. But just each individual guy and, um, you know, the the improvement and the relationships that we built over this crazy season.
1: Mark Berman. Stephen, is there any kind of a sense of relief that this crazy season, as you put it, uh, the litany of injuries pandemic is behind you and and that you can look forward to a, a season where you won't have perhaps these kinds of challenges
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say it's more just relief that I don't have to, like, push these guys (laughs) to their limit anymore. There were times during the game tonight where I was just looking out and we just had so many tired guys who've been giving so much. So, yeah, there's relief that I don't have to, like, throw Sean Tate out there and throw Kelly Olenek out there and just have them give everything that they have DJ Augustine. Um, and we can kind of regroup, restart, get everybody healthy, get everybody in a good place mentally, because it's been a grind. I mean, the, the way our schedule has been down the stretch, obviously, I think since All-Star break, we've got the worst schedule, but the hardest schedule, but these last, I don't know how many games it's been where we've played every, it seems like every single good team that there is in the NBA, we've played and, and um, competed against so um, there is the, the relief in that we don't have to muster it up again and, and get those guys out there to fight as hard as they can and, and, and sometimes coming up short on the sc- when the score where the score is involved, but not at all coming up short in the fight grit character part of it. Brian Bearfield. Coach, how good does it feel knowing that you have a general manager and an owner that supports your vision and know that you've been through a lot of adversity this year, but looking forward to, you know, helping you and getting you any additional pieces or resources that you need for next season? And also, will you get a chance to take in some of the WNBA games this season? Yeah, so it's great to have an owner like Tillman and Patrick to support us as we're going through this journey and, and to understand there's it, it would seem easy to understand but they don't have to understand how this season has been and then Rafael as far as what he's done bringing guys in who have been productive and you know guys guys like Armani Brooks who nobody really had uh, on their radar and bring him in and Anthony Lamb and brought him in, Kyrie Thomas and uh, Cam Oliver. And then you think about Christian Wood and Sean Tate and Kevin Porter Jr. So uh, yeah, to have the support of those guys and those people, but also the expertise that they bring is great for me, great for me as a coach. And uh, it's a really, really good situation to have people who understand, care, work hard, but also are really good at, at, at what they do. So that's uh, that's a good spot for me to be in. As far as the WNBA, yeah, I wish I could have seen the, the games the other day. I know uh, Tarasi made a game-winning shot and uh, uh, what's her name? And Inescu, she made a game-winning shot on the same day. And I've always been a WNBA fan. I used to go to the Charlotte Sting games uh, when I worked for Charlotte and they had Don Staley on the team and a bunch of others. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to watch. I love the WMBA. It's great. it's so much fun to watch. And they're so good and talented. And I pick stuff up all the time uh, watching those games. Adam Wexler.
1: Hey, Steven, there's no way to know what the, the future holds for individual players. But can you even quantify the value that uh, Jay Sean and Armani and, and KJ got by playing how they did this year, and really probably for them, the confidence that they now know they belong in this league?
0: For sure. For sure. I mean, I, before the game, I kind of went through every guy and, and how they have kind of surpassed what anybody thought about them. Um, and it was all the guys that we had in the locker room. And Jay Sean, I mean, he should be first-team all-rookie to me. And um, he has done so much for this group on and off the floor as a rookie and and started a bunch of games and guarded fives and brought the ball up the floor and all the things that he's done. And then K.J. Martin, (laughs) I mean, for me, he could be most improved player (laughs) because at the beginning of the season, I didn't know if he was going to play at all. And he became someone that... Uh, was making threes and and playing good defense and doing a lot. And like you said, for those guys, they should have confidence going into the next season. And I'll make sure that they know how, I mean, I tell them how much I appreciate them all the time, but the the details of it, they'll know uh, how well they really did. And then Armani, as far as maybe, I, I assume he still has the record for most threes made um, in the first 20 games now of of a person's career. And for him to do that, I mean, there's all these guys who've played in the NBA even the last few years. And uh, he's the one. He's the one who has the record. So, um, yeah, I'm proud of those guys and the development that they've had. And and it's obviously not just me. It's the coaching staff. It's John Lucas. It's Robbie Keck, who works with um, K.J. Martin and does a great job with him. So, yeah, it's a it's a group effort, but I'm proud of those guys. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you everybody for, for this year. I appreciate everybody's fair questions and um, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to actually engaging in, in real life with with all of you. It's been it's been great. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Stephen Silas sharing his thoughts. On this season coming up, we're going to discuss some of what he said as well as share a little bit of hope, some silver linings potentially, uh, maybe some karmic uh, retribution for the Houston Rockets this season. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We've got NBA playoffs just one week away and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for that at BetOnline. They've also got NHL, UFC, I mean, you name it, BetOnline probably has it. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head over to the website and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your very First deposit again. That's promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Another message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's true, right? I've, I've gotten people to try Bilt Bar and they've tried them and they've immediately come back and they're like, you know what, you're right. This is the best protein bar I've ever had. The reason for that is it's basically a candy bar that's jam-packed with protein. They've got so many amazing flavors, coconut, cherry, raspberry, salted caramel, my personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk, just cannot go wrong with it. Every single one of their bars is coated in delicious chocolate. They're basically candy bars and they're just loaded with protein. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're amazing if you're on a keto diet. They're amazing if you're just trying to you know, maybe lose a little weight or just kind of maintain where you're at. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of the best-tasting protein bars at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Going over kind of the end of this Rockets season, and Stephen Silas's comments post game. He's going to give you know everybody kind of a couple weeks to decompress, and you know, obviously he. This is not the season that he thought he was going to have. Um, you know, I've echoed this sentiment multiple times this year that I really felt for Steven Silas and you know, the crap hand that he was dealt. but he manages to still, you, know, be positive through all of this adversity. Um, seeing how ecstatic he was presenting the game ball to Bill Worrell and how, you know important that moment was for him to be able to do something you know fun and, and have some happiness at, at the tail end of this really horrendous rocket season and to hear him maintain his mentality in this you know in this post game chat with 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 media just saying you know look you know i have you know wanted this position you know for 20 years i'm going you know hearing that he's you know staying the course right and i truly think that steven silas when given a fair shake is going to be a good coach in this nba and he kind of highlighted this the fact that you know Every player that has put on a jersey this season has shown some type of growth. And I think that speaks to what he and the coaching staff have been able to do for this group of guys. How they've been able to kind of, you know, unlock certain players, unlock their uh, their potential. Uh, working with guys like K- K.J. Martin, you know, on his shooting stroke. Working with Kevin Porter Jr., getting Christian Wood up to speed, seeing you know, what he was capable of. Jay Sean Tate, the, the trust, the connection there uh, between he and head coach Steven Silas. Um, you know Silas really values and thinks so highly of Jay Sean Tate. And the Rockets really are, when you consider where most teams are, are at regarding like their rebuilds, is it feels like they, most teams don't ever look this good in season zero of a rebuild. Because, again, I don't remember the last time that I saw the worst team in the NBA, record-wise, be this competitive on a night-in, night-out basis with so many guys dealing with injuries, so many guys down for the season, out, whatever. And yet, every night, this team went out there and they played with a tenacity, a fire, a passion to, to want to succeed. And... Yeah, they'd come up short because ultimately it's tough when you're out there playing eight or nine guys and you know, you're playing half of them are rookies, you know, a couple guys are on two-way deals, you've got guys on ten-day contracts. Like it's it's tough. And yet they still manage to go out there and play competitive basketball and Steven Silas I think the one thing that I'm so excited for about him is really again for him to get a season where there's actual practice time for him to work on some of the things that he wants to be able to really truly do offensively because he's spoken about having to keep a lot of his you know offensive sets rather simple because there just hasn't been enough practice time to really get into some of the finer mechanisms of what he would like to be able to try and you know accomplish offensively. And I think that he's got a wide variety of tools, a wide variety of versatile players to accomplish what he wants to accomplish next season. Obviously, adding a top four pick to that mix would be incredible, but this Rockets team already is in a very, very comfortable spot starting this rebuild off. And so where I kind of want to end this thing with is a little bit of hope because this is only the third time in franchise history that the Rockets finished the season with less than 27 wins. So they finished 17 and 55 on the season. The other two times were the inaugural season where they only won 15 games, and then again in 1982-83 where I believe it was 22 or 23 games that they won that season. And both of those seasons resulted in number one overall picks, Elvin Hayes and Ralph Sampson, respectively. Then, after doing a little bit more digging, um found out that prior to this season, the Rockets had finished under 30 wins six different times. Four of those resulted in number one overall selections, Elvin Hayes, Ralph Sampson, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Yao Ming. One of them turned into a number two overall selection, Rudy T himself, uh, which, shout out Rudy T being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't know how I made it to segment three without mentioning the great Rudy T. And that he was finally in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I remember doing the episode like a year ago when it was announced that he was going to make it into the Hall of Fame. And then obviously with COVID and everything that, you know, we had to push it all back. And so, you know, it's not that we haven't celebrated him, but it's exciting that it's finally happened. Um, He gave a really great speech. Uh, It's all over my timeline. Uh, It's all on the NBA History Twitter channel, all of that. Um, but shout out Rudy T and you know him finally making it to the Hall after a storied career well-deserved for Rudy T. But, so he was the uh, number two overall selection. So that was the fifth time that the Rockets finished uh, under 30 wins. Not in chronological order, but I'm just saying in general. I'm going kind of by quality of how that season resulted. And then the very last time that I found that they finished under 30 wins uh, was in 1977-78 And that year, their pick actually belonged to the New York Knicks, and it still landed number four overall. So, every season that the Rockets have finished with under 30 wins, their pick has landed in the top four. So do with that information what you will. Whether that gives you hope that this season, the pick will truly convey and still stick to the top four despite the... 48% 48% chance that it falls to number five and conveys to the thunder. Or if you think that the Rocket's luck has finally run out and that this is going to be the year where it doesn't stick to the top four, I don't know. I'm just present- I am here solely presenting the facts. That's all I'm doing. And it to me it it, it does feel a little bit hopeful, a little bit more optimistic that the Rockets will come maintain their pick 52 52% percent odds 52.1 percent got to add all the percentage points that we can but I'm just ready for June 22nd to be here to see if that domino falls how that domino falls and what happens next for this Rockets team but we're going to have tons of draft coverage on the way to that point and speaking of draft picks for this year's draft The Rockets do have a couple of their picks locked in, so the Milwaukee pick will convey at number 24. The Portland pick will be number 21, 22, or 23, as we are awaiting the tiebreaker and their results. And then, obviously, the Rockets pick uh, will either be the top four pick, if it conveys and if it stays in Houston, or... Uh, it'll be the number 18 pick via Miami via the OKC pick swap. So we've got the numbers in. Um, Obviously, the Portland one is still kind of TBD, but it'll really be interesting to see how that shakes out. But before I sign this episode off, this is now my second season covering the team full time for Locked On. And I just want to say thank you. So if you've listened, if you've shared, if you've interacted on social media, if you've joined the locker rooms, if you whatever you've done, subscribed, if you've dropped a review, if you've done all of the above or even just one of the above, I want to say thank you because it's such an amazing opportunity for me to be able to talk about and cover the team that I grew up loving and that I'm still so passionate about and I hope that that shows even... Through this hellish season, even through a franchise worst 20 game losing streak, that I still try to come in here and provide a little bit of hope and optimism and try to make things fun. And, you know, I sympathize. And I've said it before, but, you know, I have a background in broadcast journalism. And while I, you know, am sort of end of the bench as far as the media scrum is concerned for the Rockets, and hopefully things will change a little bit next season, but, you know, I still go through the highs and the lows just like you do and I think that's what you know kind of allows me a unique perspective and you know ability to cover this team in a certain ways because I'm not stuck in the role of a traditional beat writer or reporter where I don't have emotional ties to the team I'm sitting here you know cheering these wins and upset about the losses just like you and well maybe the inverse of that this season kidding. But it's truly an honor to be able to do this podcast. I love doing it, sitting down to record these, and you know, pouring over stats, and you know, trying to find you know what angles to talk about from a specific game, finding you know special guests to bring on uh, to continue the conversation and keep things going. It's always a joy. I truly love doing this, and I have a very loaded off season uh, of content planned. Hopefully. We will have some very, very special guests joining us on the podcast this offseason. I've got uh, a few bullets in the chamber, and hopefully they pan out, because I really want to be able to continue to do special things for you, for the listeners of this show. And we're going to have, like I said already, we're going to have all the draft coverage. We're going to continue to break down the top prospects. We will continue to size up. The prospects throughout the rest of the NBA draft. It's going to be a crazy offseason. And as always, we will have you covered for all of that and more right here at Locked on Rockets. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.